Episode 240 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm Managing Editor Kirk Semenoff sitting in for Bill. Well, the, the Omicron variant of COVID-19 has arrived in Kansas, and we thought it was a good time to talk to a medical expert about what it means for Kansans and what we can do to keep the number of infections down and hospitals more free of COVID-related patients. Chief Clinical Officer at Ascension Via Christi, Dr. Sam Antonios, joins me to talk about COVID and what we can expect this winter. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. It's our final print edition of 2021, and we look ahead at Wichita's workforce in 2022. Reporter Daniel McCoy talks with key workforce leaders about the hiring struggles of the past year and whether they think we'll see signs of recovery next year. That story begins on page 18. We have three lists this week. Small Business Administration lenders, the biggest biggest SBA loans, and nursing home facilities. The lists begin on page 6. Spend 10 minutes getting to know the new CEO of Advanced Physical Therapy, Karen Wilson. That feature begins on page 23. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 29. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Dr. Sam Antonios is Chief Clinical Officer at Ascension Via Christian Wichita. Dr. Antonios, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I, I don't want to assume that everyone who, who's listening knows a lot about COVID-19, and uh, although we hope they would by now, and has been keeping up you know, with the Omicron variant. Uh, could you start with what the Omicron variant is and how it differs from the first coronavirus and then the, the Delta variant that we have gone through this past summer and fall? Sure. Um, so, like you said, this is a new variant. And throughout this pandemic, we've been dealing with actually multiple variants. And at first, they had different names that were difficult for uh, people to be able to memorize because they were going by what was really being observed inside the genes that that are modified in the virus. And so the WHO started uh, labeling the various variants uh, that are of significance um, into the Greek alphabet. And we recently, so last year, if if you will, we were dealing with one type of variant, actually, it wasn't even um, the same virus that was originally out of China. And um, this summer, we mostly have been dealing with the Delta variant. The Delta variant was um, a lot more contagious than the original virus. And here recently, over the last just few weeks, there was another variant that was discovered um, in South Africa. And it was going in order uh, called 
the Omicron or Omicron, depends on how you want to pronounce it. And um, this one has also significant mutations to the point where it was very um, concerning. And sure enough, it is uh, now found to be even more contagious than the Delta, uh, which was the predominant variant we have had in the United States for probably since uh, early summer. So it's more contagious. Uh, are there other differences between it and Delta? Um, so far, we know uh, a little bit about it, but there's still a lot we don't know about um, Omicron or Omicron. Like I said, um, it is just starting to be uh, a, a important variant inside the United States. It is overtaking Delta in many areas. And um, it is estimated that it will become the predominant here very shortly in the next couple of weeks, actually, probably the predominant variant across all of the United States. So um, historically, uh, what has been the most important, obviously viruses have a lot of, uh, a lot of proteins and, and, and genes that are get monitored in order to determine how they're mutating and they uh, always mutate. Um, it's not until um, the mutations become concerning that they get their own label. So, uh, and then when they are transmitting and they seem to be surviving and causing disease, that's when they end up getting their own. They go from a, uh, you know, a variant of interest to a, to a variant of concern. And Omicron is a variant of concern. So uh, what mostly has been examined is the, what's called the spike protein on a virus. So the virus is a very tiny um, structure and it has on it a protein, um, it's called the spike protein, and it is what allows it to latch on, so to speak, to the cells and the receptors on the cells of humans, and that's how the infection starts. So that spike protein is important. There are other parts of the virus that are also mutated and they're important, but this one is the one that uh, kept, caught all the researchers' attentions the most because in comparison to the previous virus strains and variants, it had a significant amount of mutations. So that spike protein is now allowing it to more easily latch on, I'm not using necessarily here a, a scientific term, but if you, if you wanna kind of try to describe it in layman's term, the spike is what latches on to the cells and the receptors of the humans. And so it is much uh, easier to go inside the cells and it starts replicating and it causes an infection. And we can, if you line up all the different spike proteins of the alpha, beta, gamma, and delta, and then Omicron, you'll find that Omicron has the a heavy load of variations in that spike protein. And that's the, the most concerning one. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that, so what you were saying there makes it, explains why it's more contagious, but I've also read and heard that it is not as, oh, I guess lethal for lack of a better word uh, than, than Delta. I mean, it, 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 is that true? And then what are you seeing here at, at, at Via Christi? Sure. So that's a good, very good question. And I think that's what's on the mind of people 
um, along with the impact of uh, vaccines and previous infections. So this is an area where we know a little bit, but we don't know a lot. So what we know is somewhat still should be labeled preliminary. Information out of South Africa is suggesting that, to your point, like you mentioned, that the Omicron, although it spreads a lot more, uh, seems to cause milder disease and cause less hospitalizations and potentially less death, although it's too early to judge anything on the deaths. As you, you're well aware, deaths are typically a laggard indicator. We've only been tracking this now variant for less than a month, and so it's a little bit too early to judge on deaths. Mm -hmm. But there are early indicators out of South Africa and the UK that do suggest that it by itself, when it affects people, uh, seems to be um, less impactful. However, it's important to note that we still don't know is that because there has been previous immunity or is because it's been um, somewhat muted by the immunity given from the vaccine. There's a couple of things that we know uh, with more certainty. One of them is that it does escape immunity that is both provided by vaccines and the immunity that is provided by someone who had previously been infected. In fact, uh, if someone has been previously infected, um, their immunity wanes and they're about five to six times more likely to get infected with a micron. So in essence, uh, people are not protected anymore if they have had a previous infection. When it comes to people who have received a vaccine, people who have, who are fully vaccinated with double doses, what we know is um, seems to escape about, uh, it drops the effect, uh, let, me, let me put it this way, it drops the effectiveness of the vaccine to about 30%. If someone has had double doses, let's say Moderna or Pfizer. Um, however, the good news is that if someone does receive a booster, the effectiveness of the vaccine is about then goes up to 70%. Um, and in a couple of smaller studies, even a little bit higher than that. So that's the good news. Um, and it does seem to cause less severe illness, which is what most people care about. Um, this could all change what I mentioned to you because we're, like I said, we're just looking at uh, small amounts of data. And as there are more information specifically out of the US, because we're basing most of what we know today from the UK experience and South African experience and other country experience. Um, but hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll find out more from the US experience about what does the virus causing. I did wanna mention something very important uh, to be kept in mind as, as to the impact on hospitals and health system. It doesn't matter that it might cause less disease because if the number of people is, um, uh, who get infected is very high, and certainly that is the experience in globally in all countries, the sheer volume of people who will get sick, and then this will translate, even if it's a small percentage, if it will translate to hospital stays, it will become a challenge for the health system as a whole. So that's an important uh, point. Um, 
due to the degree of infectivity of the virus. How, how is Via Christi's capacity right now in relation to uh, COVID? Uh, are you full up? Or are you not at an emergency level right now? Just kind of tell me where, where Via Christi Sure. Um, so for the last several weeks, um, in, uh, in, since actually since the summer and the fall, we really never dropped down to a level of COVID-19 cases that was, at least in my opinion, satisfactory. We were really hoping that the numbers go down and they did for a little bit, uh, but then they started to increase and that was still Delta. So even uh, prior to Omicron, uh, we were challenged with high number of patients coming into the hospital, uh, mostly unvaccinated, about 85 to 87% unvaccinated um, that were mostly Delta. We're just now starting to see the spike in our emergency rooms of what we estimate is the Omicron variant. Um, we tend to not do a lot of, not us, but the whole United States tend to not do a lot of genetic testing, not uh, like they do in Europe. So we, we have a few samples that we know are Omicrons, uh, but we have to assume that this rapid rise that we're seeing here the last week and the, and the next few weeks will be Omicron related. Um, so we really have maintained our contingency plan. Um, it is very busy in the hospitals right now. Um, our emergency rooms are seeing a um, higher than usual number of patients coming in. Uh, both for COVID-19 and for non-COVID-19. And another uh, concern that we always have is that the virus can also impact our workforce and our staff and uh, that would limit, in addition, um, the amount of services that we potentially uh, could deliver if uh, a significant number of our staff um, gets sick. Um, right now, it's very busy. Um, but we have our contingency plans that we have put in place and we have our incident command that has never really stopped meeting and we continue to meet, um, uh, continuously in order to adjust and readjust what we need to do in order to be here for the community and serve the community. Um, this is really my opportunity to be able to tell people that there are a few things that they can do, um, in order to reduce the risk first and foremost on themselves, but also um, reduce um, the impact on, you know, the health system as a whole. Um, it, one, like I mentioned earlier, boosters, um, they work and they not only can prevent infections, they actually also will change the disease from being a life-threatening disease to a mild outpatient disease, that's number one. Number two, we do know that masks work, especially now that there's a high degree of spread in the community. So whenever uh, someone is around others who they don't know what their vaccine status is, and they don't know what their infectious situation might be, might be prudent to uh, uh, be in a mask. And then also for people to kind of pay attention to their own symptoms and avoid um, infecting others if they if people feel that they're sick and not not to assume that it's a just a cold or, or um, allergies and you know assume that it could this could potentially be the virus and potentially get tested 
in order to uh, protect their safe, their uh, loved ones. And I'm sure you've seen the media reports of, of uh, you know, hospital staffs, mostly on the East Coast, you know, taking out newspaper ads saying, you know, help, uh, explaining that vaccination, why vaccinations are important, why they are so big a part of this, uh, of, of, of battling this, not only this variant, but COVID as a whole. Um, is it going to get worse in Wichita with Omicron, with Omicron before it gets better? Are, are you, uh, uh, or are you hopeful that, you know, the vaccination rates and the booster rates are going to help us there? Um, like you mentioned, you know, we now know with a high degree of certainty that vaccines work. Um, at the very least, we know that they work. Uh, very well at preventing a disease from being a life-threatening disease that requires hospital stay and oxygen and um, all of the care that is intense in the hospital, it can change it into a disease that is what you're used to potentially. Um, uh, just a cold, something that might be uh, not pleasant to go through, but something that will not jeopardize your life. And um, we do know, so what, what I'll I can't really predict with high accuracy the future, but I can just project what we know from uh, all the literature and the data about Omicron and specifically what is currently happening in Europe, um, the virus will spread very fast. And we've already starting to see that here in even in our community in Wichita. Um, and it will spread um, to a lot of people even, you know, let me just say a number like, and this is obviously all speculative, but just, you know, if you, if you consider 0.5% of a million people, that's 5,000 people um, who might get seriously ill. So hopefully that will never happen. And so that's why I would, I guess, second uh, the, the requests that, are, that you mentioned, I haven't seen them myself, where it educates everybody that vaccines are a way to reduce this. Um, it may not necessarily reduce how many people get sick, or, although it can, at the very least, it will reduce the number of people who get seriously ill. And that's definitely something that everybody wants. And we all want it for our community. Mm -hmm. Um it is estimated, this is what I've been reading uh, according to projections from epidemiologists that we'll probably reach um, at our peak here sometime in January, probably towards the end of Jan on January. Um, but this virus is so transmissible, um, especially that we're not really noticing right now a lot of um, people taking um, special precautions and I don't know if this statistic will actually ever materialize or not, but it is just something that I read today, is that at one point there could be as much as a 10% of the population infected at the same time. I certainly don't hope that would occur um, because that would be very concerning. And there are ways to prevent that, and which is what I mentioned earlier, vaccines and boosters and people staying at home if they're sick. And that was going to be my, my last question to you. You know, we're, we're approaching the 23rd month of this locally uh, of, of COVID. And like you said, you know, people 
whether they're becoming tired of it or whatever the reason, uh, are, are for, the, for a large part, not taking the precautions that they once did. And the numbers you cited earlier about, uh, you know, uh, people getting sick at, at the rates now that, you know, 18, 19, 20 months ago would have shocked us. But I think we've become used to it. Uh, so this is, I'm trying not to make this a political question and make it a medical question, but um, are, are we tired of this as a community? Not just a community, but as, as, a, war, as, a, as a country and uh, is that discouraging to you as a, as a medical expert who deals with this 24 seven? Um, not necessarily discouraging because I understand it. Um, there's certainly a, um, high degree of pandemic fatigue across the board, um, with people It's very understandable. Um, we really, uh, don't want to be in this situation. Um, and so I, I understand there's a fatigue component that cannot be ignored. Um, that's why what I, the best we can do is just share information as objectively as possible um, and try to tell people about the, the few tools that are, exist. And the number one tool, um, the one that is very safe and um, I personally strongly believe in not just because of my own personal opinion, but because of all the data and the research that supports it, and that is the vaccine. Um, two doses of, um, or, or a single dose of J&J, or two doses of Moderna, two doses of Pfizer, but then followed now, we know also in addition to that, by a booster. Um, big, why? It's because the immunity wanes over time. We know that from the research. And when you have waning immunity, uh, it's important to boost it and uh, it works. And so that's why, um, you know, I guess my response is I totally understand it. Um, it is something that everybody's going through and it is fatiguing. Um, but we have to kind of try as much as possible to share the objective data with everyone so that we can finally um, get over this. I am very optimistic for 2022. Um, I, I think it might be a rough winter a little bit as far as infections go with January um, and February potentially. Um, but after that, I'm very optimistic. I can't read the future as just my own optimism speaking here that we will actually start um, putting the pandemic behind us after that. Um, and hopefully there wouldn't be any additional variants that are of concern as well. Um, you know, one last thing I'll mention, Kirk, if I have the time, I'm not sure how much time you have for this. Go right ahead. You know, you know, I, I mentioned this one time in another meeting and I think people said that it was, it was helpful for them to hear it. So I'll describe to you that the way our bodies work, our immune system works is we've got our own body that tries to defend us by secreting antibodies and having specialized cells that try to defend us. And, and, and there's the virus that once it gets to you, they want to take over and replicate as much as possible and infect and survive. 
And it's a battle. It's a battle between these two armies, so to speak. The body has to be well prepared. The army has to be well armed, has to be created, has to be cultivated, has to be um, knows, recognizes the, the, the virus. And um, wouldn't it be great if we can right now collectively, each of us, train our bodies to fight the virus once it tries to invade. And that's what vaccines work. That's how it's been for a hundred years since uh, they've been discovered that you try to give your body a chance by preparing it beforehand, before the invasion, armoring it, giving it all the tools it needs by letting it recognize the virus early. And then um, when the battle does come, the body will win. And that's what we're hoping to teach everybody because we, we know that it works. Well, we will certainly hope to help try to get that message out because, um, yeah, I think you put it really well that, that it's a fight and it's a fight that is aided by vaccinations and boosters. And uh, I, I hope we can get more and more people in our community done. Uh, Dr. Antonios, thanks so much. And, and really thank you and all of your staff and all, you know, staffs across for uh, hospitals across the area for everything you're doing. You're really frontline heroes. And we really appreciate what you've gone through these past two years. So thanks again for joining me. Thank you. Thanks. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 240. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well, be safe, and especially have a safe and happy new year. Have a profitable first week of 2022.